I don't make it a compulsory thing in my show that I have to steal watches. But if the moment's there, there's nothing better. And I'd say most shows I steal watches. Like I'm very aware of when I do close up and stuff, I take a look at who's got suitable watches and everything. But mm. it's just it's an incredibly powerful moment. They're guys. They do magic. magic. They are the magic guys. Oh, damn, look at those. Someone's been shopping on AliExpress. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of The Magic Guys. It's your boy, Josh, and we're here to answer your questions from uh, the magician's mind. And today, Doug and Jason have turned into a Kiwi, and uh, you love him because you've seen him back. You know, this is Brendan's third time here, so you're on your way to becoming a, a, a solidified magic guy. But what's up? Wow. Welcome, Brendan Dooley. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Lovely to be back. Well, you know, last and the last when everyone calls up sex, so you know. <laughs> we appreciate you being here, bro. I mean, you were planned to come on anyway, but... Well, absolutely. It's an pump to be here, so it's good. Yeah. What's up? You know, we and... don't need them anyway. It's fine. That's right. The, oh, these glasses, by the way, um, for anyone listening, I had like these fold-up glasses. I did an, uh, a roadshow tour for uh, HP, and th- they were giving these away to to all their guests. And I just, I saw them and I was like, there's got to be a way to use these in magic because they fold up so small. Surely, you know, there's some kind of appearance or, you know, because this could hide behind a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. E- either that or if they don't, like, if Sandy isn't frothing those and if that doesn't get you laid, I don't know what will. So <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's not these men that are, that are getting uh, I was, the job. I was going to say, so. Yeah, but it could be. It could be my uh, pencil pen. I don't know if you've seen these, but, you know, these are making waves uh, for the ladies. Let me, if I can open it up here. I'm excited now. Sorry, there I we go. look at this. Ready to look at this. Here we go. I'm excited. It's a pencil. Oh, my camera's not going to want to. It will. It, but it's also a pen. Amazing. So two things that have rocked your worlds now today. What that reminds me of, one of my favorite moments at gigs for the right group. So I use a Sherpa at gigs, which is like, you know, for those who don't know, it is basically a fancy pen cover for a Sharpie. They're freaking great. But like, I kid you not, the amount of compliments that thing gets is ridiculous. And then I just make it a moment. I'm like, they're like, wow, this is a really nice pen. And I'm like, yeah, this is how you make a Sharpie look fancy. And I literally unscrew it and show them. And then I just go, this is the best 50 bucks I ever spent. And it's a business expense. And people wow. love it. Like they just, as soon as they see the Sharpie, they're just like, holy cow. Like, it's, it's great. It's funny that you have to take out the Sharpie to get the respect. Like, look what this actually oh, is. Legit, right? I'm yeah. like, because I'm just like, oh, it's how you make a Sharpie look fancy. And they're like, what? And then I yeah. unscrew and show them. And they're like, no. Yeah. For magicians listening, it's a fancy cover for your Sharpie. It makes it look like a million bucks. Um, highly, rec- highly recommend. I've been telling um, Josh to use one for years, but hey. Yeah, I just, you know me. Like, I have so many things built into Sharpies that uh, the Sherpa would just stand out. It'd be like, how come you're using no, a Sherpa I, I, now? I do, I, do, I do understand that because yeah. I was, I haven't had the chance to properly play with it, but um, I love the Super Sharpie. Um, mm. And I'd love to use that more. But again, obviously, that same obstacle. The Sherpas, they're a, are they a prop, they're a prop dog product? Uh, they... Pop dogs sell them, but it's like literally, from my understanding, a company called Sherpa, and then magicians got onto them, and then mm. I think Vanishing Ink stock a few of them and stuff as well. Um, but yeah, they're great. 
Yep, yep. Hey, I highly recommend. Get them, get them, boys. Uh, Patrick, longtime viewer, was asking where is Brendan from. So I realize, you know, Brendan and I have known each other for a, a long, long time, but maybe some of you haven't watched his other episodes. So maybe give him a little rundown on uh, what you're doing, man. Sure. Uh, well, currently, um, I'm just sorry, my brain is wired. So just for everyone watching, I apologize for running off my FaceTime camera right now. I was, I had, I haven't had set up my virtual setup in about six <laughs> months, actually three months. But anyway, as soon as virtual, as soon as yeah, as soon as virtual gigs stop, we just throw out all the tech. One hundred percent, everything. Like my camera was packed away, just everything was packed away, and none of it was wanting to work today. Oh, the other thing I forgot to mention, my MacBook battery decided to not start charging as well. So it was on like 30%. And I'm like, but we got that going. And I don't know how I got it going. So I just hate technology. And this is what happens when you try to be organized. Stuff is still going to go wrong. Anyway, mm-hmm. sidetracked mm-hmm. me. Uh, my name is Brendan Dooley. I am based in Christchurch, New Zealand. This has been my home since I was three years old. But I have the pleasure of traveling all over doing my show. Um, in my teens, my hustle was kids shows. But these days, most of my work is corporate and theater touring. And yeah, it's been able to take me all over and it's a pretty sweet gig. Not to mention the uh, keynote speaking you're doing as well. Yeah, as they, well, uh, that's kind of funny. Yeah, so a bit of speaking stuff and that's kind of something I fell into naturally. And yeah, I'm trying to think what else to say about it. And oh, I'm labeled mainly as a comedy magician just for reference. And yeah. He's a great dancer too, which he'll now demonstrate. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, this is my move of choice. <laughs> oh, it's so, great. Thank you. Thank you. Nice, you know. nice. He's got I've, been the- working on the be- I've been working on the beatboxing too. So, you know, I combine the two and then I do a backflip with the dicky cards in my mouth. It's pretty sick. So that's Look, my that, new that's what That's what I hope for is that, that I you know, there's this new wave of magicians that just start beatboxing, dancing, backflipping. There we go. And then you can you just know? clone them all and there you go. And That'd be great. There's your, fr- there's your show you can franchise. Yeah, just like the Jabberwockies, but with dancers, and there'd go. be a whole crew of them, and you know, this is great. Not worried about people copying my acts at all. Um, well, like when the perk is only it's you, you're going to be getting dancers learning magic rather than magicians learning to dance. So, yeah. what's what's dancers easier? Aren't going to go to the effort to copy an act, and I feel like it's going to be easier to teach dancers the magic because it's. They already know choreography, so you break it down in choreography, mm. and then half the battle's done. Well, you see, because you know, I did a, an act with a dance crew, mm. the, the all guys dance crew, and I did try to teach them some some magic, and they, I forgot, didn't about pick that. it up like I, I, yeah, they didn't pick it up like I thought they might, because some of them had to do stuff with props, yep. and uh, like for example, you know, one of them's handling a a reel. And they're like so delicate with it because they're like, ah, oh, you know, they think they're going to break it. They mm-hmm. can't see it, for example, you know, for starters. And so they're really like super hesitant. And then um, uh, another time we were working on something new, newer, and I was trying to teach them the teach them the uh, the back palm. Mm. And even though they can do like super technical uh, tutting and all these like hand movements and stuff, it's um doesn't come as easy as as you might think. No, it's quite intriguing. Like, you know, having to break it down, it's like, right, so you do, like, just going, like, super best form. So you do the Spider-Man fingers and the card goes in between and magic. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how I try to teach him, man. Exactly. There you go. 
Yeah, because I remember yeah. the other thing, like, and it's just the subtleties and stuff as well. Like, I remember seeing the clip you sent me and, like, you know, just how they handled the bottle and stuff, you know? Like, where yeah, we yeah, think, yeah, like, yeah. you know, how do you make that work like how it's supposed to? And, you yeah. know, just, it was kind of like, you know, hmm, that shouldn't have done that how it should have, you know, just those kinds of little things. And it's just fascinating that, they're yeah, I think like, that is the thing that some magicians just have and then other people don't get, even when you try to teach them it. Mm. And and once you teach them something, you have to then reiterate, like, remember that when people are watching this, they're assuming that's a full bottle or, you know, they're yeah. assuming there's a this that you're holding and you have to pretend like you are doing that. You know, they forget, like once they learn a move that you teach them, they're like, okay, cool. I just do this thing. But they forget like the, the miming of why they're doing it. Absolutely. <clears throat> Stupid dancers. <laughs> just, just kidding. <laughs> Make it, make it. Um, that's the clip. That's the clip. That's it. Yeah. Chromatic One was saying, uh, hey, fellow New Zealander, can you produce uh, a fan while windmilling? Hey, look, never say never, man. Um, it's just people might not see it because I'm spinning around the whole time. That could be fun. That could be fun. Why? Especially if it was like, even if it was like boomerang card shots, like long distance spinner. If Ooh. you were just like doing that, that'd be sick. Yep. 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 Maybe a quick change act while you're windmilling or head spinning. I don't know. There's got to be That'd stuff be in there. Yeah, There's, there's got to be cool shit. <laughs> For those asking, by the way, Doug's out, out of action today with, uh, with the toothache. Um, actually, nobody asked, but I thought I'd tell you anyway. He, um, you know, he's a hard hustling guy. And I think eventually it just caught up with him and he's off today. So, you know, luckily Brennan stepped in. And Jason, by the way... Jason, I got to get him to send a, a video update for you guys, but um, he was meant to do a one-month cruise ship contract, and I caught up with him in Brisbane last week when he stopped in, and uh, he told me he's just accepted a second month. <laughs> oh, I'm so proud cruise. of him. <laughs> <laughs> like, like all of us are. We're so proud, and we're so shocked at the same time. Yeah, shocked, shock and awed uh, at the same time. Like, great for Jason, but Wow. He stuck it I, out and wants I, to go back for some more. I don't know if people understand how much that like Jason Ma and Giggs are two phrases that are not often heard in the same sentence. Yeah. So it's it's brilliant. It's so good. And like, hey, it's a sick gig. So I'm just pumped. It's fast and loose. Now, good I'm pretty man. sure, um, um, yeah, while he's doing that, because he is uh, doing that gig because our friend that I'm having a mind blank for, for some reason, is uh, on his way to FISM right now, as are a couple of our friends uh, yeah, and people it, we know. Everybody's doing FISM this year. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, what so, hell? yes, what Dom is. I don't know what Acti's doing, so that would be cool to hear about. Yeah, then... Jason Jason told me what, what Acti's doing. Ooh. But um, maybe I'll tell you, maybe I can talk about it off the air. I don't know if it's meant to be I, a I think I think that would be secreter. the sensible way to go about it, yeah. And then yeah. our friend Vincent Quo, um, he is competing again this year, which I'm very excited about. He messaged me the other day and he was just like, hey, I just thought of you. Hope you're well. And I was like, cool. I was like, oh, that's nice. Just, I've been so busy and my dates are a blur right now. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. Let's hop on a call this week. And he's like, I'm traveling at the moment. And I'm like thinking, where the heck are you traveling? And then I look at my calendar. I'm like, oh, yeah, FISM, that thing. That makes sense. So yeah. 
Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I can understand why you're busy. I'll, I'll talk to you after. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't so wait to see some some uh, some clips and stuff from. It's a, it's a crazy him. game. I ha- I haven't asked properly. So what I'm hoping is I'm hoping he's competing in power this year. So last year time he was in close up, and what did he get in the end? Fifth, which is freaking incredible. But if he was in power, he would have won. Is this Dom Wester talking about or uh, um, Vincent or someone else? Yeah, Vinny. Oh, Vinny, Vinny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so now Vinny would have won power if he was in power last time. But, yeah, so I'm hoping he's in power this time around. Eric Leclerc is doing FISM as well. Y- yes, is- I'm, and I'm pumped to hear about that. Goddamn. Again, Eric and FISM. Like... Well, I don't know how, because again, for FISM, you need to get through like qualifying rounds to get to this point, or like you need someone to kind of dob you in. That is a good so, point to break so it down I'm kind for. Of like, Eric's got to be taking it relatively seriously to have gotten to this point. So yeah. I'm I'm excited to see whatever this is going to be. Can you break it down for the for the guys watch, listening and watching, like how someone gets into FISM? Sure. It, you um, just kind of you just kind of hear about it, and you hear people are going, but you never like see a thing going. All right, this is where you can audition for it, or you know, mm. anything like that. So, yeah, I'm far from an expert. I can just kind of share what I know. Someone might be able to chime in with better information. So, for reference, FISM is basically the Olympics magic happens every four years, random city somewhere in the world. So last time it was Korea. This year it's Quebec and Canada. Um, so basically it's, it's a magic convention in itself. So there's like the biggest dealer room you'll ever see. There's lectures, there's everything else going on, but the big thing is the competition. So the Grand Prix basically for, and there's a bunch of different awards from stage close up. There's comedy award. There's a bunch of different kind of categories, but this, I feel for me in my viewpoint these days, in terms of magic competitions, this is the magic competition. Like for me, this mm. is the award that actually means something. Like I think the awards I kind of really respect are anything like FISM, the Magic Castle Awards, the IBM Awards and stuff in terms of like the international conference, I think still have a lot of merit, but everything else I'm kind of like, meh. Like, hey, good for you, but it's just meh. Whereas yeah. those have merit. So yeah, there's kind of different regions. So for example, Tim Ellis kind of has everything in terms of our part of the world. So I think they can kind of be qualifying rounds, but my understanding is Tim Ellis kind of puts people forward. He kind of goes, yup, you're good enough to compete at FISM. That's my kind of understanding for this part of the world. Whereas I know for other parts of the world, so I'm pretty sure Asia, I think a few parts of Europe, they actually kind of have a qualifying competition. Oh, right, right. kind of like, it's like, right, if you win or place at this competition, you then get to go to FISM. Yeah, which would make kind of more sense, right? Yeah, but so that's that's kind of my understanding. So it, it is interesting. So yeah, I'd love to go sometime. Um, so yeah. I was looking, I was looking at going to this one, but again, just travel so iffy. So find out where the next one is. I mean, hopefully we uh, go to Magic Live next year, and they'll show some of the highlight acts from FISM. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. That's the perk of the convention circuit. You know, anyone that's good, they get picked up and boom. Yeah. Yeah. I still remember the year that I went that you didn't go. 
I've, I've had about three regos. There's been about three times I haven't gone. I'm notorious. Man, the the one time that I went is when they had that um, the female dove act that was uh, also yes. an acrobatist and was insane. And it was insane. And I've never since seen her act like appear anywhere online either. I think there is a video somewhere. I've seen it. No, that's wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you. Yeah, you're like, not nah, someone else doing a double split like, with that. <clears throat> yeah, I'm like in, in your dreams. Um, no, um, I'm pretty sure there's video because um, I think she did the Cabaret du Monde show. Okay. Oh, good, good. The world needs to see what she's doing. It's insane. Yeah, and then apparently I think she had a new act at Magic Live this year. Wow. How can so, you even top? I, th- I think, well, I'm pretty sure I remember hearing this, but yeah, I, I don't know how you can top a dove split with your feet, but you know. Yeah, let me let me try and synopsize just like a few things that she was doing. So she's like, she's doing a dove act, but she's upside down. So she's doing a handstand and she starts doing a um, silk fountain with one foot. So the silks are changing colors, they're all overflowing. And then, then at the end, she pulls out a dove of this silk fan upside down and then her other foot comes over pulls the dove away and splits it into two doves while still being upside down it's like insane um insane so uh jimmy makes a good point what do you think is needed more to win fism creativity or hard tricks that's a really good question so Mm. i think it comes down to i I can't think of one more than the other because i guess the way i interpret hard tricks is fooling like yeah. if you've got if you've got a fooling method, that is absolutely power at physics. But also yeah. creativity in terms of a new something, that is also and I feel there's kind of awards for both and recognition for both. So it's a good yeah, question, I, I, but I can't I, think of one being better than the other. I think creativity will get the respect you know, of the magician. Yes. They're like, oh, that's a great uh, use of that method from the Bobo Book of Coin Magic. But, you know, the hard trick that fools them is going to be the thing that that probably wins, right? Yeah, I, I think creativity overall on an act will hold substance more than like a moment of like, oh, that's a cute way to do X, Y, and mm. Z. But if you have a creative act, that is absolutely something. But it's also that whole thing. Physism is also that place where... The, the entertainment world has definitely changed where there's, you know, you go back to the, you know, 70s and 80s, you could make a living off a seven-minute act. You can still make a, seven, a living off a seven-minute act, mm. but it's a lot harder to do so. And there's a, a lot less places booking you for that kind of work now. So FISM used to kind of be that showcase place as well where, even if you didn't place, but if you had a create, really great creative act that you, you, a producer saw and was like, damn, I want you in my show. It's a good ass point. So it's, it's very much that showcase kind of location as well. And again, as we say, you know, if you have a unique act at FISM, you're getting booked for every convention. It's like, great, you'll be at Blackpool and Magic Live and whatever the next year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whew. Got to get well, on that, man. A, Maybe, do you think our... Um, do you think our duo act can make it at Vism? Oh, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. it, is, it is nothing less than world class. Oh, yeah. 
Dooley and I, uh, we did a show. Especially when you drop the phone. Like, that's such a great pseudo moment. Like, Yep. It's a great subtlety. Great subtlety. Misdirection. <laughs> they don't know what we're talking about, but but just I know don't. that we, we've done a show together a couple of times, and mm-hmm. it was just, it was awesome. I have footage of the full show, too, unlisted on YouTube. Um, should well, Fism, think, like, you know, open their it entries. It wasn't a bad show by any means. No, no, it was good. So it was it was a good laugh, just hectic. Yep. We'll, we'll call it out again at some point. Yeah, I think so too. Vipple asked, uh, holy crap, is there any video of the Dove Act on YouTube? Brennan's saying well, there is somewhere. I'm sure there is. I feel awful because I don't remember her name. <laughs> so, That's okay. I'm sure Josh will put it, we'll find it, and Josh will put it on the Insta story <laughs> or something. For magic eyes. Great, thanks for that. I'll do. I'll, I'll do some digging. I'll see what I can do. Even though it's Brendan, I'm sure, that, I'm sure, that I'm sure it won't be too he hard saw it. I feel like, I feel like her name was like. Uh, I heard David Penn say it, Yao Ming, something like that. We'll look it up. Mm. We'll look it up. So, um, Brennan, I think pe- some people know this, but I put. Up, I mean, most people should know this because I put up your clip on. Now, Insta story yesterday, um, you do a sick pickpocketing act. Yeah. And uh, obviously that started from childhood, you know, needing to uh, get money. So you learned how to pickpocket Absolutely. In the streets. This is what happens when you have to spend every school holidays in Belcoast, New Zealand. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So for anyone who's Kiwi watching this, as far as I'm concerned, Belcoast is the Hamilton of the South Island. So, you know, and then it's like the Tasmania of Australia, but worse. Um, you're welcome, Gareth. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So when did I first start stealing watches? I think when I was 16, maybe a little bit older, maybe like 17. Yeah. When, but, what's the what's the rush like when you steal that first watch? Oh, like there is nothing better. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. let's, okay. Losing your virginity, stealing a watch. <laughs> That's it. Like, stealing a watch for the first time and getting away with it is, it's incredible. Like, I mean, for me, I've always found it such a fascinating moment. Like, I remember, like, seeing watch steals growing up and always seeing that was freaking cool. But the moment that will forever stick with me is Hobson doing The Illusionist. And as far as I'm concerned, that was the closing of the moment of the show. As much as I love Kevin James, but screw Snowstorm. For me, the closing moment of the show is Hobson pulling out six watches seven watches, 10 watches he's stolen throughout the show going, that's for you, that's for you, that's for you, being Oprah with watches. Dude, it was insane. It is such an interesting moment Mm. where I really enjoy it because every once in a while someone will see me, like, come up to me after a show and be like, oh, I saw you take the watch. And I'm like, great, because I want them to see it's a skill thing. I don't want them thinking that they played along or anything like that. I yeah. want them to know that's a genuine moment and that's what helps communicate that. So if someone goes, did you give it to them before the show? And then someone can come and go, oh, no, I saw them take it off. <laughs> like, and it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's just such a personal moment where, and I think, you know, pe- even lay people, they do are aware it's a thing, but it's kind of like maybe even hypnosis or something where they're like, oh, but it can't happen to me. That's it. So then as soon as it happens to them, yeah. and it's, you know, you can't really get better than it. They and hear, I think there's definitely ways to go about it in terms of making it as least invasive as possible. 
like I'm pretty happy with the methods and kind of approaches I have to it. And I don't make it a compulsory thing in my show that I have to steal watches, but if the moment's there, there's nothing better. And I say most shows I steal watches. Like I'm very aware of when I do close up and stuff, I take a look at who's got suitable watches and everything, but mm. it's just it's an incredibly powerful moment. I, it, it, when I saw Hobson do it, or when I saw him not do it, rather, it was like, to me, it was like magic because it, I had no idea the whole time. You know, it also, also is a bit sad is that a lot of our viewers don't know who Jeff Hobson is. Okay. Young if you generation. don't know who Jeff Hobson is, please do me a favor and leave. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like, it's like, I know, and it's like, oh, my favorite magician's Daniel Madison. No. This is, this is like, yeah. yeah. So, so again, like, we're kind of the, well, definitely I am, like the end of that era where so many of my biggest inspirations are like all these kind of, I don't want to say like, the word old school, but like, you know, the, the, the well, they're, same, they're, li- you know? they're live, live acts. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So when I, for what Brendan's talking about is Jeff toured with the illusionists, you know, he had an amazing career before that, but you know, for what we've seen the last like, what ten years he's been touring with the Illusionist. I think maybe now he's re- stopped re- retired from he, the he Illusionist. Stopped but just before he stopped just before COVID. Yeah, and um, yeah, we're watching the show, and he comes out and does the most hilarious routines with like the simplest of props. One of which being the egg bag, which he has like the best routine you've ever seen in your life with one, and um, he has lots of clips online. But what you don't realize is throughout the show, each act he's doing and commanding the audience and doing these hilarious things under cover of that. He's stealing the people's watches that are helping out in the, those acts, but you have no he idea. Does something I still don't have the balls to do is he gets their watches while he brings them on stage. Yeah, like that's most right. Of, that's most right. Of his steals, which for me, I typically always occupy them with a the trick. Mm, that's right because he he'll be like yeah come on let's let's go up and he grabs their arm walks them up all the way up and just in that process it's it's great so and you know i'm getting a watch off at a similar speed but i just haven't had the balls to not have that cover the closest i've gotten is kind of a character one for me um I haven't. I don't do it that often, but if the moment's kind of there, and I'm like, "Yeah, okay, I can get the, that watch off with this deal," I do. So I'll grab a guy by the wrist, and I'll be like, "Stand up for me." So, and I'll grab his wrists, and I'll start swaying them, and I'll be like, "So, okay, just for reference, on stage, and even probably off stage, so quite a few people think I'm potentially gay." So growing up, people thought I was gay. Growing up, that was something that just naturally came across on stage. So I kind of embrace it without forcing it, though. Anyway. Even your first boyfriend thought you were gay. Exactly. And then, yeah, he was pretty shocked, but, you know. <laughs> so, no, oh, so cute. You think I could get a boyfriend? Oh. <laughs> um, anyway, so I'd grab a guy by the wrists and i start swaying them. I'd be like, so what's your name? What do you do? And I'd be like, oh, sorry, I didn't know my dad that well, so this feels really nice. <laughs> and under the cover of that, I'd get their watch. Nice. So again, that's very much again, you can once you get it, you can steal a watch any way you want. It's just finding the motivation mm. to have a reason to touch them. A reason to touch them. That's the key. And consent. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean you do you do a great thing with uh sponge balls that I've seen you do. Mm. Still yeah, so that's the that. that's the one I do most of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I 
I got into it early on. Maybe when you were also into it, it's just that you sort of took it and ran I, with it. I remember pushing you on to, I don't think we should talk about it here. If people want to look into it, it is published in the collection notes. Oh, no, no, not that. Not great idea. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I was, I was going to bring up um, James Brown's pickpocketing course. Oh, I, I think, yes, yes, yes. That's right. Right. I think we, for, uh, we both went through that course. And uh, so I went out into the street and I tried doing it under the guise of uh, making a bill vanish. And I used uh, Josh Janowski's thing he oh, put out where it's like, I remember, I remember this. That's part. it. The tr- yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah, that's right. He, you could have a bill that looked like a clear bill. So you put a real bill apparently in the hand. You'd say it's vanished. Well, it's half vanished. And they open the hand, they see that. And I was using that guys to to do the watch steal, but I just never. And on that day when I was practicing, I think I stole like three watches. But yeah, it wasn't. I, it just wasn't that. Uh, didn't come that naturally for me. And it wasn't until uh, we won't talk about it. But another method that uh, makes it much easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when I was like, yeah, that I can use like on stage. And I have used it. And I haven't used it for a while. I should do it again just for fun, but. 100%. But, uh, well, I think it's that whole thing, like, as you're aware, I do it in the context of another routine where I use mm, set prop. So yep. it was already kind yep, of, yep, yep. and I was already doing that routine, so I had a natural reason to do it. But if you're not, you, if you don't have that reason, mm. then you don't really want to force it. No, that's it. So if you were to, can we break down a watch still, like a, like a, like a basic one, like for the people watching? Yeah, or absolutely. even just like a, a few things they could, uh, be aware of to try or like how do you even practice a watch still totally. so that's a really good question the biggest thing for me okay so this will probably <clears throat> excuse me let me talk about the first time i stole a watch i think this is a really good way to kind of communicate it so i was always okay with pockets like i stole a tie before i ever stole a watch and i and i find it quite interesting because i've talked to other guys about it and they find a tie steal harder than a watch steal whereas i would say i'm the reverse um, not so much now, but at the beginning, absolutely, a tie steal was easier. Um, and that is as in stealing a tie off neck, just if anyone's confused. But otherwise, pockets were always relatively easy for me. So I was doing the show. Now that I look back, I was 18. So I've been practicing the technique, and I was kind of like, okay, and I could kind of do it all right. But again, the big thing for me and the mental barrier was, how the heck do they not notice this? Yeah. So that was the big thing for me. Then, what was it? So yeah, I'd done was doing this show. I lifted. I remember I lifted his phone. That was all he had on him. And then I saw he had the perfect watch, and I just bit my tongue. I'm like, screw it, I'm gonna go for it. And I did the SpongeBob thing, and in a more basic form back then. And I got the watch, and I was like, damn, I think he doesn't know. And my brain's going off in fireworks while I'm just trying yeah. to. Ch- chill and keep going on with the routine and then at the end of the routine the guy patted himself down and he noticed his phone was gone and you know i just go ha ha there you go all good don't stress it but that was when i knew he doesn't know his freaking watch is missing (sighs) so then at the end of the show blah 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 boom there's your watch his face was just priceless and just the eruption of the room and that's where i was just like everything made sense and it was just that as soon as I did it once, I was like, great. And also the whole thing is 
Okay, so here's with that crash course. The mental barrier to overcome is giving them that focus point. If you have the right misdirection, they're occupied. Mm. Um, so, and just get over it. Yeah, it's overcoming that mental barrier of that it is possible. It's kind of like with um, coin under watch or coin on hand. Coin under watch, card on, or even like card, card under watch. watch any, anything like that, mm. you know, any of that kind of open misdirection stuff where even probably doing card to mouth for the first time, you know, is that yeah. whole, those kinds of things of like, how do you not get caught? So yeah, it just works. And my big tips, conditioning. So I'm, touchy doesn't feel right, but I condition my volunteers when I get them on stage. Um, and a big thing for me is I just want to relax them as much as possible. I'm quite a cheeky performer, but it's still this whole thing of I know how to push and pull. And I just realized I've been looking at the wrong camera the whole time. I've been like trying to be good and like looking down camera down the lens. Anyway, wrong camera. So, Are you looking at um, your M50 this whole time? Yes. <laughs> I was trying to be so good. Nice. And then anyway. The good thing is you're so far away, like you can't tell your eyes are open anyway. So like you're fine. Oh, that's, life is good. So we're <laughs> going with that point. Um, yeah, so conditioning, like, yeah, so my whole thing, I always do a two-handed handshake when I introduce someone. It's like, hey, thank you so much for coming up. I really appreciate it. Um, if I need to, I'll chuck in an extra line. Hey, just I promise you'll have nothing less than a blast. And making that promise to them definitely relaxes them. So that's my pro tip just in general, pickpocketing alone. If you have someone on stage that's a little bit skittish, if you can give them that, I promise you, like that is a game changer. Um mm. Of just giving them that in that conditioning of like, hey, and make that verbal promise of like, I'm not going to make you feel like a dick. We're here for a good time. I promise you. And I think that's important. And also, if you if you do say that, don't break your promise or I will personally come and slap you. Anyway, so, but just the conditioning of handshake. Whenever I make a joke quite often, I'll go rest a hand on their shoulder when I laugh, like those kinds of moments. So by me doing that, mm. it conditions them and gets me used to um gets them used to me being in their space. So yeah, then important. Say, so there's no, yes. Otherwise there'll be alarm bells, you know, the moment exactly. you're. So when I say, hold on, hold out your hand, put whatever in their hand, turn over their wrist, lift the watch. Um, you know, I've got all the reasons and it's not weird. Yeah. And I think another surprising thing is you, you don't have to do it that lightning fast either. Absolutely, like not, absolutely, a, absolutely not. It's not a speed thing. It's more of a natural movement thing. Yeah. Would you agree? And I think, yes, absolutely. And especially when I first started, I really broke it into steps of, okay, I get the strap out of mm. the loops. Now I get the pin out. Okay, the pin is definitely out. Something sometimes that can happen, especially if you're going one-handed, the pin can slip back in. So it's that whole thing of like, yep, the pin is definitely out of the way. Okay, I'm good for the steel. Okay, I've got the moment to cover the steel. Done. Yeah. So you can really break it down. So in terms of technique, I think there's a couple of videos out there. I think the best teaching on it probably James Brown's good work on it. I don't know if it's still available. There was this lecture video of him from maybe about 15 years ago. That was really good. That was where yeah. I first really learned it. Mm -hmm. Um I don't know if it's still available, but I think that broke it down really well, but his pickpocketing course and then a couple of books, the Ricky Dunn book and theatrical pickpocketing. Um, yeah, I've got that book too, actually. 
And they talk about stealing. I've got it literally. Actually, it's funny. I've got my MacBook. It's stacked underneath my MacBook currently. (laughs) It's the best way to not read a book. Use it as a uh, step. Um, Yeah, in that book, I remember reading. That was the first time I read that, like, there was techniques of stealing, like, people's cufflinks and stuff Mm -hmm. in that. And I was like, damn, that's. Absolutely. And again, it was a different era, like uh, cufflinks, suspenders, tie clips, just every little thing. Yeah. Glasses steals, you know, it's madness. Yeah. It's speaking um, of books. I don't think I ever told you I got this. Oh, let me zoom in on that. Is this pure effect? Oh, baby. It is. So I'm Josh. Feel free to suck it. So Yeah. Yeah. For those new magicians uh, that are tuning in, Darren Brown is a mentalist um, in the UK. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so basically for, basically, for reference, he's published two books for magicians, and they're both very hard to find. Yes. So, yes. So gratefully, I got an okay. Oh, I still like, I, I paid enough for it, but I, I got an okay price in the scheme of it. But did, yeah, that's is, my fun thing for the collection. Funnily enough, is uh, the Devil's Picture Book a book as well? Because I've only seen the video. Yeah, I don't. I think it's just a video. Yeah, I think you're right. Because obviously it's not a new video, but it's newly available. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. We've got Nick in the house. There's those two books. Hey, Casitas. Yeah. Great episode we had with Nick uh, a couple of weeks back. Came on the, pod, on the pod again. Dropping all the good advice as usual. Yeah, he, and he, he had a gig to go to literally straight after. And uh, I know, I was, I was on a call with him the night before. And mm. I was just like, bless you hustling it. <laughs> we found out so that we not, were, the client he was going to And then when you ask me, I'm like, no, I'm busy, get lost. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're a hard, you're hard guy to get a hold of because you're always uh, bloody traveling. Oh, the right time. Yeah, gifts. it's just been weird. I've been grateful. It's, yeah, finally picking up where the past couple of months have been nice and the rest mm. of the year is looking good. So got to take it while it's there. Because in, in New Zealand, what is, for the, for the guys listening and girls, what's the, the magic scene like for getting gigs? Interesting. Because you seem to be, for, for like the, the corporate events, like the bigger corporate events, you seem mm-hmm. to always have to fly to them because it's not like there's yes. a whole bunch happening just in one. Area. Yeah, it's interesting because like there's more happening in Christchurch again. So we've got a new convention center that just opened and stuff. Like there is more happening here, but I found it weird to market to, and it probably wouldn't take much. But the way I kind of present myself is it's not clear where I'm based, so. I, I'm just kind of, nice. and it's not even fully intentional. It was just kind of natural where. Literally, I am everywhere. And, like, what's so funny is, like, the, especially the gigs, like, you know, even, like, look at the last month, none mm. of them are actually the main cities. So, for reference, Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch are the three main cities in New Zealand. None of those gigs have been there. There's been a couple in Auckland. So, that's the biggest city, couple there. But otherwise, mm. the past month, I've been in Cromwell. I've been in Queenstown. I've been in Dunedin. I've been in – where the heck have I been? I was just in Napier on the weekend. None of those are main locations for the rest of the year. Rotorua, I do a full national tour. Like none of them are actually main locations, which I find really interesting. And also those clients don't care where I'm based. And gratefully they've been booking me for me. 
you know, yeah, that is so true. Because, uh, you know, earlier in the year, I did those uh, big events out in, like, country towns. And that's what, that's what I mean, right? They wouldn't have cared yeah. if they were flying you in from Sydney. Like, the only difference, it would have just made it harder for you because you would have been traveling for longer. That's the only difference. Mm. They still would have paid for that. Yeah. You know, pre, pre-COVID, I, I ran my advertising um, Australia-wide, like my, mm. you know, my Google ads, and um, I just presented myself as like an Australian magician that yeah. could be booked. And, um, you know, people would ask where you're based or whatever. Or, but then, like, as soon as COVID hit, you know, it just became a nightmare to, to try and orchestrate flying around and things like that. But ever since I've just kept it to local advertising, um, I just haven't had to travel as much, but I'm still just as busy. So I, I, it's weird. It's like from over here, at least, um, you know, I think some people weren't inquiring because they didn't know if I was based here or not. Yeah. Um, like I think some events and then, um, yeah, I was reading this book called the little red book of selling. I always kind of reference it, um, mm. For my business stuff, and it kind of says, like, before you take on the world, you know, become the king of your city or your town or whatever. Yeah, so I would say I really nailed the kid show market and stuff here. But in terms of corporate, why there's not consistent opportunity. Mm. Yeah, that's So, and it was just naturally, it was something that kind of just naturally grew anyway. Like, it wasn't even that fully intentional of me trying to be nationally everywhere. It yeah. was just something that kind of naturally happened. So it was just easier for me to go. Well, especially because I'm, especially right now, I live in Christchurch, but um, my girlfriend's in Auckland. So while I'm up there for work and stuff, and I'm, I'm up there kind of 50% of the time anyway. So it's just easier for me to go, right, I'm either here or here. Yep. You guys heard that flex? A magician that has a girlfriend. I know. Yep. Right. Happened. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, okay. My OMG here is straight. So, yeah. <laughs> You've done so. It's just it's it's one of those things that I find so interesting. But I think yeah, just the interesting I have thing I have found the past few while where it's just the perfect example has been my gigs have just been everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and and occasionally you've been able to uh, come over here to Aussie. Yeah, absolutely for a gig or two. Exactly. No, gratefully. Yeah, you've given me some dope Aussie opportunities, and then like the way we work as friends as performers, we're like, hey man, I'm gonna come for a holiday in your country and you're like, all right, cool. I'll keep an eye out for work. Pretty so much. therefore you're never really paying for, you know, your travel and stuff. No. Um, I mean, the most of late one was, it was only one event, but you came over to Oz and you, apart from that, you, it was just a holiday, right? You came to see us. You came to see Yeah, I, did, I, just, I just came to see everyone. Went to Sydney. I, yeah, so yeah. I did a nice big hop around. So what, Sydney... Then I went to Brisbane. Then I went to did a couple of days in Cairns, a couple of days on the Gold Coast, and like four or five days in Melbourne. Yeah, and so yeah, luckily I was able to sneak him into. Fortunately, he was available to cover our um, residency at uh, one of the casinos because all of us guys that normally do it uh, were in the show, showman. Um, yeah, what? Well, so you know, it was, it was it was me saving your asses more than <laughs> you giving me a gig. Exactly. Exactly, and. For those who haven't been to Cairns, like the weather there is like a tropical kind of weather. It's like what yeah. you would, it's like the most ideal weather for a holiday on the beach kind of thing, um, which is like the kind of opposite weather to like what you might experience in New Zealand a lot of the year. Depending on the time so, of year, summer can be pretty that's true. damn good. That's true. 
left. What was we it get, like we when get, you went? For, for reference, I'm going to promote New Zealand tourism now. If you want to come okay. to New Zealand, come, come in summer. We, we have a rocking good summer. Gorgeous beaches. You know, if you're into hiking and stuff, you can't get better than New Zealand. So take mm. that, Josh. Because Australia, if you want to go to Australia, sure, nice beaches and stuff, but the rest of it is just, it's dry. So, That's true. you know, That's come true. see Lush Green. <laughs> you heard it first. You're welcome. But We've got, the uh, is you can hop it all in one trip. Yeah. My buddy uh, Gia or Eddie, uh, how I call him in uh, in Australia, is uh, he he may be one of these deck and bottle, but with Heck the yes. uh, illusionist Aurelian. Is that how you say it? Aurelian deck. I think that's it. Heck Very yeah. nice. Let me see if I can get the camera to focus on it and not me. There you go. So I uh, I just can't wait to start using this deck once I figure out I know, how, to, right? how to get it out. Like when, yeah, I'm like, what what building are we going to pack to drop it off? Hey, um, uh, there's this nice building in uh, Sanctuary Cove. I don't know if you've heard of it. We could use that building. Perhaps. <laughs> I don't know. Somewhere. Well, well, you you know. could just go down the road. What is the Q1 or whatever? What's the tall building? Q1. That's it. Yeah. That, that is Q1. Okay. Let's drop it off that sucker. That might that, be, that's uh, quite the century code. That's totally the one you're referring to, right? Not not anything else, no. No, just somewhere far from here. So somewhere like around the Gold Coast or, or whatever. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Be perfect, yeah. Yeah. I like it. No, very um, good. So what, uh, what's coming up for you this like in this short term, like this month? Are you touring yet? Is that happening this uh, year? So touring, touring's November. So it's just the year's creeping up, man. So it's just kind of, it's a lot of logistics. Um, like I was just looking at, cause I've got the kids sawing and half prop down here. So I need to get that up to Auckland. And I was just looking at that yesterday and I was like, damn, I should probably just get that up to Auckland. So just cause time's going to creep up so quickly. Um, mm. Got a gig this weekend. Next weekend's off. I'm back up in Auckland working on some stuff. Then... August, I'm doing. I actually get to be local for over August, which will be good. So they're doing like a hospitality festival. That's quite. This is quite a nifty gig actually. So I don't do a lot of walk around, but I'm looking forward to this gig. So basically, they're doing like a festival, kind of like to boost hospitality venues and stuff locally. So basically, this event organizer calls me and she's gone. Hey, I've gone to all these venues and I've gone to them. What's like a cool thing that you would love in your venue? And this beer garden owner literally said, I would love a magician on a Sunday afternoon. And then okay. it was like, sick. so that's happening for all of August. So that's fun. So just a couple of hours on a Sunday afternoon. I'm like, that sounds freaking great. So looking forward to that. A couple of corporates mixed in there and also doing testing some new material. So guy, lovely guy, Jar, owns a hotel in Dunedin, good friend of mine. He has set up a really cool venue in there. And he kind of, you might have seen a few photos. So he had this like wee upstairs room, sort of 30 seat parlor kind of room. Really oh, lovely room, actually. Yeah. I'll send you photos after this. What he's done with it now, it looks phenomenal. Like, I am so, I'm like, wow. Like, he's put gorgeous magic posters up, curtains. Like, it is competing with the Magic Castle close up room now. God like, damn. in terms of what he's brought in. Like, of course, nothing's ever going to beat that room, but 
what he's done with it, I'm like, I'm incredibly impressed. So I get to be the first person working in that room. So I'm doing that in a couple of weeks. So to test a bunch of new material. So that's going to be exciting. But yeah, just working on some new stuff to just kind of be prepared for shows coming up over the next year. So that's kind of me short term, I think. It's, it's good. It's coming together. It's just, you know, a lot of crazy things and cool new projects like I'm really happy about and kind of new markets and things I haven't fully experienced yet. So it's, it's exciting times. Hopefully doing some, uh, some shows over the water as well. Some new, yeah, some new ventures. Yeah. Some of that stuff is on the cards and yeah, there's, you know, there's what, cool you know, you know, it's kind of crazy too. Like we're just, you know, we're both full-time magicians and it's like one, I don't know what it is, but like, how do I get this into words? What is the point that you just become a magician in the ecosphere of gigs? You know what I mean? Like, it's so funny because like you would, if you said to someone you're a full-time magician, they're like, how is there this much work available for someone? You know, it's like, I don't even know half the time no, where my work yeah, comes from. Kind of interesting where I think so much of it is us creating our own work. Yeah. Where yeah, like, I true. look at some of the gigs and stuff where they probably wouldn't normally book a magician, but because they've seen us, it's like, oh, wow, he would be really cool for X, Y, Z. I think that's yeah, kind of a big part of it as well, especially some of our bigger opportunities and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, the gig, you know, you, I closed last week. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's just that kind of stuff where it's like, that's not a normal thing here by any means, let alone that kind of level. Yeah, and then it's, 100%. yeah, it's, it's really intriguing. I think from that point of view, but I think and like where I've been, don't get me wrong, I'm freaking grateful because with winter, I don't know what it's been like for you guys. Stuff is definitely still a bit skittish here. Like events are happening, which is great, but it's kind of like the new thing is happening now is not us going into lockdown. It's more the clients going, oh, we've got twenty people who have got COVID. We're not sure it's worth having the event. Mm. So I haven't had to have mm. any awkward conversations yet which has been great um yeah. but it's something i'm kind of aware of where it's like for the future kind of like if someone tried to pull the pin like you know the day before going oh we've lost 50 attendees to covid it's kind of like well i can still do the show so that's not enough of a reason to not pay me yeah it's happened twice now for me right so I've, I've only had one and i i let them off because they've been really nice and it was just it was it was a venue so booking me directly and I was kind of like, I'm not going to ruin this relationship. So, yeah. So what, what happened to me was the, I did an event last week, um, for, uh, an, the army over here, like one of the, mm. the segments of the army. And originally they were meant to have like 350 guests at this gala dinner. Yep. And then they called me and said, Hey, really sorry. We have to cancel, um, we have to cancel you because like we're only down to like a hundred people. So therefore, you know, everyone who would normally be buying a ticket to attend this dinner, you know, now there's like only a quarter of budget and um, like, you know, COVID related, like people have just been wiped out, um, Mm -hmm. which is insane. So for me, I was like, all right, well, so they, their email was to say, Hey, we have to cancel. But then yeah, I went sorry, back. For reference, how far out was this from the event? Um, I would. So it, it was kind of a weird one. It was 
one of the rare of rare occasions where I hadn't invoiced them yet. Um, right. Because because the details were never like locked in yet because of numbers and things. But the sure. yeah the the event was going to be like the following week. Um. So I went back to them and said, "Fair enough. I have already got this date booked out for you, like blocked off for you." So I'm going to be free anyway. How about I do a smaller package for you? And like, I still come along anyway. No. And, um, and that's what ended up happening. So I like just kind of took the initiative to still Correct. try and get work, still got books, still did it. And they loved it. And it ended up being like, it was like awesome. I know I'll get booked for other things from being there, but it was, um, so that was one COVID thing. Another one is meant to be this week and they've just canceled their whole event. Um, right. And this company has done this before. This is a company right. that I should have I should have known this would happen, but they rescheduled their event three times in the past, oh, and I far out. and and I ended up eventually doing the event. But um, yeah, this one they've cancelled, and so the agency that um, booked this in for me, uh, they've so they've said to the client, um, you can either cancel and it will be a fifty percent cancellation fee, or you can pay more money and Josh can do a zoom session with all the people that would have been there anyway. Mm-hmm. So they've kind of thrown it to them in, you know, this new kind of route of zoom shows and stuff that we have. But nice. yeah, it's uh yeah, it's kind of a weird one that, uh, yeah, it's that, still that can very, be the, the cause now. Exactly. It's still very interesting here. So yeah, we're not quite over the hurdle yet. Like I think the thing for me is, I'm still, and this is where I've been grateful that I've been busy, um, just because I haven't been marketing or hustling per se, just because mm. it's I was over that whole thing of putting in so much time and energy into something that's not going to happen. So it's just I think you know it's all we can do is just be aware and you know gratefully things have been pretty good, but I think that's where it is interesting of the whole ecosystem thing. Yeah. Hey, Nick, Nick made a good observation, which was uh, same thing happened here, except all the magicians got COVID and I picked up all their gigs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nick was telling me about this last night. It was like, hey, you know, things work in a domino. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, our, our um, uh, fellow magician, Adam Mata in Sydney. What's up, Adam? He called me up the other week because he had an event in on the Gold Coast, which is my side of town. But he's like, hey, this is like a a very high up event. Um, I need to just do my due diligence and see if you would be available. Should I get COVID <laughs> in the next nice. week? Cause he's like, it's going around at my kid's school and stuff. Um, so he had to like check in just in case. Um, yeah. It's crazy, crazy times. And that's the way, and that's the way it kind of has to be. Like, I remember doing that with you last year when I had you coming over for that Auckland gag. And oh, that yeah. whole- oh my God. Well, that was that because of the, yeah, the borders and stuff. Um, exactly. And it's just that whole thing of kind of like, damn, we've just got to be on the ball right now. And yeah. That was so ballsy going to me flying to New Zealand for an event, even though the borders like had only just opened up. Pretty much. Um, and how long were they open again? In the end, three weeks or something? It yeah, wasn't long. It, it was like at the time of the booking being made, I don't know that the borders were open yet. I feel like they must well, have they, been because I don't think I would have got you in otherwise. Well, it, it, it was something like either they were open. Yeah, it was either way there was going to be a date or yeah. Yeah, but they they but some somewhere somehow like it was closed or we weren't sure if we'd be able to, and then it wasn't until like 
shortly before the flight that we found out, yes, we can go. Yeah. Because I think, I think what it was, this crazy stuff was happening on my side of town maybe. And they were maybe going to have yeah, a lockdown I here or something. About Aussie cases. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So, so no one had flown for like a full year. And then uh, Brendan put me forward for this event. And I was like, I think we can make it. And then somehow we squeezed through. We did the event. We came home. And then after being home, like within a week, the borders had closed again. Yeah. Um, I think New Zealand closed them. Yeah. It was this crazy tight window. It was. Oh, what a time. It's so weird looking back. Like, it doesn't feel like a year ago. Like That was almost a year ago to the day, like probably just over. Yeah. Crazy. Madness. It's the magician life, mate. It's what we it live really for. is, you know. Yeah. And again, like the whole thing of, you know, us being together in places we don't live. Exactly. Always exactly. the way. But, you know, that's not to... Um, that's not to uh, turn off, you know, anyone wanting to do this. As no. a career, because um, it's fun. It's very yeah, fun. Well, yeah, it's it's yeah, sure. We'll, we'll call it fun. <laughs> yeah, it's like no, it's, hey, it's, it's like the, it's the best life in the world. Yeah, like it's hard work, but you'd rather be doing hard work for something you love, you know, and that that you're building a career out of, than doing something you hate. That's easy. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. And I think like the rewards and stuff. Like I think, you know, I think like last week for me was that perfect example. Like. I called my uncle after I closed that and I was just like, yo, this is, you know, and it's that whole thing, like looking back and like, I was talking to him for a good 20 minutes about it all. And he's just like, I'm so freaking proud of you. Like just everything, but it's just like, you know, even I was like, dude, you don't need to say this. Cause I never expected for this kind of stuff to be happening when I said I wanted to do this as a kid. Like, yeah. It's just those kinds of things where Are you talking are you talking about the event that you just closed yeah. the other week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you know, like with that kind of figure and stuff, it's just kind of like, you know, it's when we got into the you know, we were happy with a lot less than that. And it's just, you know, we'd consider that a win and it's just how it, it just stuff keeps on going and you know, there's always opportunity, we just gotta keep moving forward. That's it. It's well said. It's well said, man. Look, like uh, this has been super fun. For everyone who's been tuning in, thank you. And if you're listening to this or watching this post alive, just know that we do do it live so you can ask uh, your questions and stuff in real time. And, um, yeah, I mean, l- before we go, is there any set advice you would give to the uh, the up-and-coming magicians? Oh, or wow. Thought, okay. Or thoughts or... Uh, I'm trying to yeah. think if there's anything. Or, or feedback. What about feedback? What What's your kind of take on uh, magic at the moment? Good question. Because I don't <laughs> think I'm upset about it, but then I'm mm-hmm. also not stoked about it in certain avenues either. Where, because mm-hmm. like, heck, there's still some banger talent coming out. Like, and I think, yes, and my amazing talent. And... It's just, I think, if people can be influenced by the right thing, but also I don't know how to turn that into advice or feedback until like, this is what you should be doing versus what is influencing them. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm guilty of this too, but I mean, Derek Delgado put up this awesome tweet a, a couple of years back, maybe or months back. And he said, if everyone stopped trying to be famous, we would have a lot better magic. 
That is beautiful. I don't know how I missed that. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, we're all trying to get that viral clip or get that reel that goes crazy or whatever. And so we're focusing on magic that will do that. But if we were just to not care about that. Actually, this is a good thing to talk about quickly because this was very well done. Okay. Two kind of sides of the coin to this. This is going to take another couple of minutes. Apologies, guys. No, we got got time. (laughs) Oh, we got time? Awesome. John Archer did a post recently and on Facebook kind of as a thing to young magicians. I'm going to see if I can find a link and maybe get you a screenshot or something to post. Very well written in terms of kind of young magicians trying to do the shortcuts to get ahead of, you know, so like he was even talking about apparently like Ed Fringe and stuff. Apparently there's people who are doing cameo to get celebrity testimonials. Wow. Like actual shortcuts, like, like fake like that kind of level of stuff and just kind of misquotes a little bit and really kind of pushing that kind of stuff. Mm. And, you know, Hey, I'm always a big believer in work with what you got, but yeah, it's an interesting kind of side of the coin. So, but it was, he had some very solid points, which I really agree with in terms of, you know, just doing the hustle and, you know, working hard and that it will pay off. And I think it was really well written. And then kind of in response to that, Rory Adams, who runs One Ahead Club. Now, One Ahead Club is the best money I spend in magic. I think Rory is a fantastic writer and the stuff he writes is brilliant. And it's just everything from methods to his perspective, a lot of like TV stuff. And it's just a really fantastic perspective. He's a smart, smart dude and a lovely guy as well. Anyway, he kind of wrote something in response to that that very much agreed with that. But also the whole thing of like, hey, we still need to do the hustle. And the fact, the fame, like, you know, the people who we look up to that are famous are still doing the things we're trying to do to keep staying constant. So, you know, Justin Wilman's still doing local news interviews. Pete Thurman's Mm. on TikTok. Like all these, you know, these kinds of things. And I just found that really interesting. Now, I don't know. I think he still does it. Rory was doing one free article a month. This might've been that free article. So I don't want to share it if it's not, but it was just a really interesting thing where it's, you know, I think do the work and you'll get the information that will not information, but you will get the recognition that you'll be able to take you to the next level. And I think just be aware of those stepping stones of like, okay, I've just done a gig for a really cool company. Milk that. Like for instance, okay. Good. I think like, you know, a cheeky example of something like this would be, let's say for us, Josh, let's say when we were younger, we did a gig for like a small real estate agency office or something. So we could then go, great, I've now worked for Harcourts. Mm-hmm. So that might look bigger than it actually is, but it's not untrue. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's I, those I remember, kinds of things, you know, so we would leverage those kinds of things. And I think that's completely okay. But it's, you know, I think being aware of like, you know, be aware of what you can leverage. Yeah. 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 As long as it is, uh, you know, there's truth to it. I, yeah, I didn't, exactly. I, so I did an event for um, Telstra. I said I've worked with Telstra, but I just did some roving magic in one of the Telstra stores like when they released the phone, <laughs> right? But now, but the funny thing is like, now I actually have worked at Telstra, but like, there's no difference to anyone else. Like they don't no. care, but at least it is true. Like I did, I was employed, the invoice said Telstra, you know, I think, is, is that what you're referring to? Like, 
Kind of, yeah. Like, I mean, it's just, you know, and I don't think that was the best example, but, you know, just be aware of what you can leverage, like, in terms of, like, not just companies you've worked for, but, you know, yeah. yeah. Don't just, just go don't to Cameo. Don't just go to Cameo and get fake testimonials or go to Madame Tussauds and get photos with wax celebrities and pretend that's uh, someone you met. Because I, I remember that website going mm. up for a while too, this magician pretending, you know, it's a celebrity magician and they're all fake. Yeah. And there's, yeah, there's quite a bit of that kind of stuff. And, you know, just be good. Like, if you do good magic, be booked. Like, something I wish I did younger. And I, I do it more now. And I think it's that whole thing. Like, and they don't always take you up on it. But just the whole thing of offering to a client, going and grab a coffee. Like, just show good magic. Like, if you can create a good impression with someone and as a person and then show them good magic, you're booked. Like... Yeah. You don't so, need to do the shortcuts. Just be good. Yeah. Uh, Vin, Vin Yang, speaker that we know, says, says it best. Be so good that they can't ignore you. 100%. I was about to say the exact same bam, 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 bam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what we should end on. That's the good All quote. Right. All right. That's it, my friends. Thank you again, Brennan, for jumping on. And guys, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. It's time for us to disappear now. Disappear now. But we'll see you again on the next episode of The Magic Guys.